HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Welcome to Lives of Banquet with, uh, we, um, hmm, forgot the tagline, a show about all things edible, spreadable, and pourable with me, your hosts, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and me, uh, I got nothing. Ah, I was really hoping for like a Dolph Lundgren from you or something. Yeah, that I couldn't. Sort come up with it on short notice. I know. What's going on with you? We're doing a daytime recording, which feels very unusual. Very unusual. And also, I'm worried that I have COVID just like Armin. Really? Are you feeling sickly? No, but I am. I have all the symptoms that Armin has, but not a sore throat, I guess. But I have post-nasal drip and I'm really sweaty and I have some general malaise. But I'm really sweaty because it's like insanely humid today like 989 degrees or something. I hope that you can't get it through the speaker wires or whatever, the headphones, computer. Is it contagious that way or do you have Mm -hmm. to be close to somebody? Yeah, it is definitely um, transmitted through technology. It's transmitted through speaker wires because that's what we're using right now to record the (laughs) podcast. Speaking of um, paranormal activity, I saw Candyman last night. Oh, you saw it? Where did you go? Uh, Ryan and his girlfriend uh, and I went to Cabo Hill Cinema, and we were the only three people in the theater. It was really awesome. That's fun. So you have not been to the movie since COVID, right? I've been one time. I went to go see uh, the Anthony Bourdain documentary, which was the fucking saddest thing ever to happen to me, (laughs) including my own father's death. I couldn't handle this documentary. (laughs) It was really upsetting. Oh, shit. I just pulled something in my hip. I don't like recording in the daytime. I'm not, like, prepared. I have... It's sunny out. I know. My hip is hurting. I just knocked something over. Okay. Anyway, I saw Candyman. Did you see it? No, I haven't seen it. It's, like, okay. What? Everyone said it's good. Eh, it's fine. I mean, some things about it are really fun. It's totally fun to watch, but, like... It's not as good as... It's not as good as the original Candyman. Okay, Which well, that's a amazing. Um, but it's good in its own way. It's just like I don't. I don't really want to spoil it. I just feel like it's it's lacking in certain areas, particularly like plot. 
But did you still have fun going to see it? Or was oh, it like- so fun. So okay. fun going to see yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I, had a, I slurped on a Diet Coke. I ate a little handful of popcorn. It was great. <laughs> Ryan didn't, is not good at sharing popcorn. I'm just going to You had one there. handful of popcorn? Yeah, that's it. And then he, like, took it away from me. <laughs> what? I know. He's such a... That Ryan. I don't understand. Weren't you sitting right next to him? I was. I mean, like, I could have asked for more. But also, I was, like, kind of trying to be, like... I mean, I was definitely trying to be COVID safe. And I was like, I don't know where this guy's hand has been. He's just basically licking his whole palm like a gavon. And then I'm supposed to eat the popcorn after him. So I just took one scoop. Right That's how that. he eats popcorn? Yeah. He does just not lick his whole his palm. Whole <laughs> <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to the show. I'll be so embarrassed. I'm talking so much shit about him. I do. I love him dearly. He's one of my best friends. I Ryan don't think Crossman. he does listen to the show. Definitely <laughs> not. Definitely not. See, I have all this phlegm. And my throat was a little bit sore in the morning when I woke up, but I was like, maybe it's because my air conditioner is on. Mm, yeah, it probably is. But I also, I made it through the entire fucking pandemic without ever buying a thermometer. Of course, in the middle of it is because they were like gone. Like yeah. you just couldn't purchase one at the store. And then, you know, I got vaccinated and I was like, I don't need a thermometer. And now I'm like, fuck, I should have a thermometer so I can take my fucking temperature. Well, you could just go to the vet. I mean, there are very long lines at the regular doctor's offices to see what's up, but I bet you could sneak into a vet. Like, and try anyway. to get the horse pills <laughs> yes. or whatever. Get ivermectin, which like one of my friends has been sending me links about ivermectin. I'm just <gasps> like... She I has? Just, yeah. And I'm just like, you, dude... This, I mean, I feel like you might have to think about moving on from this. Uh, I know. I'm just like, here's the thing. Even if the vaccine makes you grow, like, an extra leg and, like, Hmm. die in a year, like, whatever the fucking, like, repercussion of this vaccine could be, like, at this point, your duty as, like, a person is to get it, to, like, help future people and, and, uh, you know, people who live in poverty and people of color and older people and young people, like, it's just, I can't even fucking tolerate it anymore. It's too... It's too rugged, too much of the rugged individualism for me to take at this point. Obviously, whatever these people are doing is not working, so. The rugged individualism. I guess it's like they're like libertarian, kind of. It's just like I haven't been a person to take like a harsh stance about getting people getting vaccinated because like I understand the fear in it and had it all kind of worked to plan. I've been like, great, you didn't do it. Other people did. But it's like not working. And now. Yeah. It's well, just I very just fucked reading, up. Yeah. I was reading this thing from this woman who was like, well, all white people should definitely get vaccinated. And I was like, a hundred percent. Right. A hundred percent. Could you, it's literally the least you could fucking do. I'm sorry. As like a rich white woman, if you're just going to be like, I'm not getting vaccinated. That's, that's fine. Again, it's your, it's your vibe. I'm certainly not going to come to your house and and like shake you or pull you down to the doctor's office. Or vaccinate you. (laughs) Yeah. But you should do it because it's really fucking lame to be that like self-interested at this point. Come on. Come on, people. All are not our one listener who is vaccinated is just like, okay, who's this for? <laughs> who's this yeah, right. for? Who are we trying to convince? <laughs> so I guess I have to go get a 48-hour test. That's annoying. Yeah, you should. It's going to be um, administered by Nick Nolte. Is he alive? Well, he was, you know, in 48 hours. <laughs> oh, and he is very much alive. Oh. See, my nurse isn't as sharp as it normally is. I think that's because of COVID. Probably. That's a sign of COVID, not getting very, very funny jokes. Definitely. That's a sign. Armin, what? did you get that joke? 
No, he did not. He See, he's already Nick dead. <laughs> he's already dead. I got it. I got it <laughs> he's back from the dead. He's reanimated. Hello. Yes. Thank the Lord. So yes, the other day I'm driving and I decided to call my good friend Nicole in the car. Right. And I said, I says to her, I says, Nicole, Ben and Jen have given us the moment we've all been waiting for. And she hadn't even seen it yet. Have you seen it now? No. You still haven't used your fucking Googler. Google I mean, it. I saw what she wore to the Met Gala, which I cannot process. I still haven't processed it. Oh, I really liked it. I really what? enjoyed her outfit to the Met Gala. Yeah, because I feel like she really like got the theme. I don't like when people just wear a thing and it's like not I the know. theme. I feel like that's such a weird thing that happened. Like nobody really pays attention to the theme. Only like two people Some people do. do. Yeah. Some people do. Like J-Lo. She no, dressed. Okay. Calm down. I said She two, dressed like Billy the Kid. <laughs> two people get it and do it. Everyone else <laughs> is just like, and I've had this dress lying around from Versace and I'm just going to wear it. <laughs> well, the dress she wore to whatever her hubby's um, premiere in Venice was so gorgeous. And the two of them just really looked, I hate to say this about my arch nemesis, Ben Affleck, but they did look very good together. Um, wait, so the theme for the Met Gala was Billy the Kid? No, the theme for the Met Gala was like um, Amer- the American lexicon of fashion or something. It was supposed to be like about, you know, American history. Uh, well, I saw like two Facts. people wearing <laughs> Ralph Lauren, including J-Lo. Um, yeah. But everyone else is just like, and now I'm wearing this. Yeah, some people had some different takes on it. Like, I mean, people did like kind of throwbacks to like, you know, the 50s and 60s. I don't know. But some people like paid attention. Like, did you see Rihanna and ASAP Rocky? Yes, I loved his quilt and I loved her little jewel thing underneath her beanie. God bless. Dude, they looked absolutely amazing and so like relaxed. I'm just like, you guys have the right idea. They were probably on weed. Um, They were definitely on weed. So the other thing I was thinking is that um, people were saying that Lil Nas X was channeling like Prince or whatever, which is of course true. But for me, he was channeling the fifth element, um, Chris, Chris, uh, oh, Chris Tucker in the Chris fifth Tucker element. In the fifth Amazing. Element. <laughs> Amazing. What a great part. His body suits, like, like Lil Nas X was wearing, um, he looks like, like exactly the same. And I just mm-hmm. love Chris in that movie. Dude, Chris Tucker in general is such a great actor. What happened to him? Well, where he, is like, he now? Found God and retired, right? Did he really? He yeah. found God? Where was, where was he? <laughs> I'm assuming at some sort of church in Los Angeles, but I don't really know. Huh, for sure. Interesting. Well, Chris Tucker, um, my condolences. You had a pretty promising career going on. The Fifth Element is a great movie. It's so funny. He's so good in that. And also that other movie he did with like Jackie Chan. What is that movie called? Oh, I don't remember, but I do know what you're talking about. And then there's like, uh, of course, Friday, the Friday yes. movies, which are totally. great. Jackie Chan. Also, where did he go? I haven't seen any anything from Jackie Chan in a very long time. Well, much like uh, Robert De Niro, whoever we were talking about last week, he's in his 70s, I think. Isn't he? I think last week we were talking about Dustin Hoffman, who's in his 80s. Isn't that terrible? I no, can't I was just believe it. About Stephen King, who's looked as though he's been in his seventies for his entire life, but now <laughs> he really is, and I don't want him to die, even though you know he should just die. But it, I don't want him to. You heard it here first, folks. Nicole wants Stephen King to die. <laughs> like, I said, I don't. If anything want him happens to, to him, we know where to go. Yeah, I was the person who hit him in the car when he was walking on the highway with that one time. He almost died that time. Oh my God. Did you know my favorite Stephen King um, 
I've never read the book, but the movie, it's pretty, it's like really fringe. Almost no one has seen it, but it's called Thinner. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen Thinner? And it's I've like. I've actually never seen the movie, but I've read the book many times. He wrote it under a pseudonym when he did, like, he was doing his, like, secret different types of writing. Oh, really? He was doing his Chris, he was in his Chris Gaines years? Yeah, but it's like Peter <laughs> Strong. I can't remember what it's. Peter Sarsgaard? Yeah. <laughs> It was like Chris Gaines. Yeah, he definitely like wore a wig and <laughs> hoped nobody would recognize him when he went to his book sayings or whatever. Um, that's really funny. But uh, no, Thinner, when he, for anyone who hasn't seen the movie or read the book by Chris Gaines, um, <laughs> a man in like the most ridiculous fat suit. Have, now this is another very deep cut. I don't rem- remember the name of this movie, but it's a movie with Danny Glover and Martin Short about like some crime that happens on an island. And like at one scene in the movie, Martin Short becomes stung by a bee and he's allergic to it. And so he blows up into this like giant fat, kind of like the early inspiration maybe for like Jiminy Glick. I don't anyway, know. I don't the reason know. I'm mentioning this is because the man who is in Thinner basically looks the same as, like, this Martin Short character. He, he's wearing the worst fat suit ever is what I'm trying to say. Oh, I see. So he's wearing this fat suit in the beginning of the movie. He hits, like, a gypsy woman, and then she was, like, with his car, and he cur- she curses him Thinner. And no matter how much he eats, he cannot stay fat. And he just keeps getting thinner and thinner until he dies from being too thin. That's not how what happens in the book, but it's, I mean, the beginning part, he does hit a gypsy woman in a way that we probably aren't allowed to do anymore. Yeah, you are not allowed to hit gypsies with your car anymore. No, it's not the 90s. <laughs> um, but yeah, she curses him and then he loses a bunch of weight and then he has to like find the woman and reverse it, which I think he also does in the movie. Yeah, it's a really, it's a, it's a good one. Okay, you don't. You've never even seen this movie, have you? Thinner? Of course, I have. When I was like nine years old, okay. I don't really remember it. Um, well, so I looked up what his pseudonym is, and it's like nicknames Richard Bachman, which is actually his pseudonym, not a nickname. But then the other nicknames are the King and the King <laughs> of Horror, <laughs> <laughs> the King of Comedy. Um, when man. I was in Maine, my bedroom that I stayed in at this house had every single Stephen King book that was ever written, like adorning the walls. It was amazing and very spooky. Yeah. I mean, did you read any of them? No, I didn't. I fell asleep at like nine o'clock every night. <laughs> and the, mesh, the fresh main air. Yeah. That fresh main air, just like blueberry pies, like lobster guts, just wafting in. Maine <laughs> is amazing. Let me just say that right here. Yes. I think we said that last week too. Well, I'll say it again next week on our main episode. <laughs> Did you see any actual blueberry pies cooling on any actual windowsills while you were there? Well, I'm not a grizzly bear, but um, <laughs> contrary to popular belief. Um, no, I didn't. But it's not its not really blueberry season right now. It's kind of over. Whoa. Okay. Wow. Shade. <laughs> <laughs> I did see a raspberry pie. Um, no, I didn't really see any pies, to be honest, in the whole state of Maine. And I was disappointed. <laughs> All right. Should we get on to our topic? I'm, I yeah, apologize to our listener. I'm not ready yet. I have to talk to you about Ben and Jen in the news. Oh, okay. Great. Just because you saw one picture of them doesn't make you the benefit expert around here. Okay. Okay, great. Lay it on us. Um, okay. So 
Uh, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck share a sweet masked kiss after he joined her at the Met Gala. So he joined her at the Met Gala wearing a normal tuxedo while she's wearing this crazy Ralph Lauren getup that includes two very large necklaces um, and a cowboy hat and a dress made of complete leather. I'm sure you've seen it, listener. Um, (laughs) I thought she looked so fun. I don't know. I just couldn't wrap my head around it. You know, I'm a Debbie Downer about this, but somebody was like, this looks like 2003 J-Lo. And I was like, maybe it is. Yeah, maybe she time traveled. No, I mean, maybe Ralph Lauren was like, yo, do you want this dress? And she was like, I'll I'll just keep it in my closet and then maybe I'll have a use for it. (laughs) One day, day, I'll wear this ugly fucking brown (laughs) dress. (laughs) Who wears a brown dress? I mean, yeah. It was like, it was ugly. It wasn't that I was like, this is an amazing dress. I just like liked, thought her look was fun because I don't think the Met Gala is supposed to be about wearing the most flattering thing. Right, yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I mean, I feel like the other people who brought it is that guy from uh, Schitt's Creek. Yes, he looked he, incredible, wearing a giant fluffy map. I was like, well, I don't really know, but at least it was, like, ex- you know, like, over the top, which is what I like to see. And I exactly. feel like even Sienna Miller was just, like, boring the pants off of me. I, like, couldn't even... Sorry, this is just a recap of the Met Gala <laughs> On your favorite food podcast. That's also a Ben Affleck podcast. Also that, you know. Oh, man. Sorry. Okay, Sorry. Okay, this so, is why we have one listener. Yeah. Well, you guys, you know what? Um, okay. Just two more headlines for us. Um, this one is my favorite. Um, Jennifer Garner inhaling ice cream and laughing <laughs> off ex-husband Ben Affleck's engagement rumors. <laughs> inhaling ice cream ah i love how the media like just makes like any woman eating anything sound like the biggest fucking like i don't know messy slob of all time so yeah jennifer garner is snorting lines of ice cream (laughs) she's butt chugging ice cream no one can stop her and she is laughing at the same time which seems dangerous <laughs> Everybody knows you have to wait 15 minutes to laugh before you eat ice cream. <laughs> I'm just saying if you're snorting it and you're totally. laughing at the same time, someone should check to make sure that you're breathing properly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was very funny. And then this other headline was from TMZ. Thanks for the hard hitting journalism, guys. Ben enjoys a smoke and a chat with fans while touring the Bronx with JLo. So JLo is probably just like, Showing them all her, all the places she used to hang out with Fat Joe back in the day in the Bronx, R.A.P. Fat Joe. Uh, And he's like, now is a good time for me to smoke a cigarette. Well, he's still addicted to cigarettes. I didn't know that. He's a cigarette smoker. He's a ciggy smoker. You haven't seen all the pictures of sad Ben Affleck standing outside smoking a cigarette. It's like a whole like subculture all of its own. No, I haven't. Um, okay, cool. Well, Ben, Jen, best of luck to you crazy kids and your leather clothing. Um, should we <laughs> get into this week's topic? Yeah, but I think we should do something crazy and have you go first because I don't have a ton. Oh my goodness. Okay, Are you ready? great. Are you, I know normally you do your research while I'm uh, I'll go first only because I feel bad for you that you have COVID. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I knew it would come in handy. All right, folks, this week's episode is going to be about mushrooms. Now, one would think that doing a food history comedy podcast about mushrooms would be easy, maybe even effortless. But I'm going to be honest with you. It was incredibly difficult because Nicole took magic mushrooms, which, sorry, spoiler alert, is what Nicole's going to be doing, right? Magic mushrooms? Yeah, but I took it after you've already chosen your topic. 
mushrooms that do magic tricks. Um, magician mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> would a magician mushroom be a mushroom that does tricks or would it be a magician made out of mushrooms? Who's to say? No one. Anyway. I didn't do that, so I wouldn't know. I decided to do literally the only other thing that's even mildly amusing about mushrooms. And mind (laughs) you, I've Googled everything. Me too. I Googled mushroom quiche, stuffed mushrooms. Uh, Travis even found me an article about mushrooms in World War I, which I thought was incredibly (laughs) sweet. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for listening, Trav. Thanks so much. Can I call you, Trav? You may. You may. Um, So... Anyway, there wasn't really quite enough there. So I decided to do what anyone would do. Uh, I decided to discuss a Hawaiian mushroom that allegedly gives women only orgasms by just simply sniffing it. Surprise, surprise, much like the female orgasm in general, it's a complete hoax. (laughs) Oh, no. I know. Okay, so I got my information today from the Huffington Post, from discovery.com article, mostly by, like, I ripped off her whole article by a woman named Christy Wilcox. And her article is called Expedition Ecstasy, Sniffing Out, sorry, my computer just died, uh, Expedition Ecstasy, Sniffing Out the Truth About Hawaii's Orgasm-Inducing Mushroom. Very literal. So, (laughs) in 2001, Nicole, first of all, have you ever had an orgasm (laughs) or a mushroom? No. Neither. Okay, great. I thought you said me either. I haven't had one either. No. I've never had an orgasm or a mushroom either. No, too slimy. Both of them are too slimy. Am I right? Yes. Okay. Um. In a 2001 article that was originally detailed, the orgasm-inducing mushroom, um, there was, like, this article that was written by, um, in the International Journal of Medicinal Mushrooms, if you can believe that exists, by John Holliday and Noah Sewell. And the study referenced um, a mushroom known as the netted stinkhorn mushroom. And they grow in Hawaii and they also grow in China and they're like volcanic. They grow out of like volcanic ash and they look like dicks. They look like big dicks, but they're just mushrooms. <laughs> they're just mushrooms. Don't, don't get too excited, ladies. Now, once you sniff this thing, just leave it at that because they may be poisonous. They, are, they do look like dicks, but they in fact are not. Um, they can also be used as an ingredient in soups and brought in airport gift shops. So I guess they're not poisonous if you can put it in a soup. A big mushroom penis soup. Um, okay. So a lot of people immediately right off the bat didn't believe it. And then like 14 years later in like 2015, for some odd reason, this like all just resurfaced. Um, and like people started going crazy. And apparently like women were just like writing to this guy, um, John Holiday, and like, where can I get this mushroom? And I'm just like, this is so sad. Like, don't you have a vibrator? Like, why do you have to like, find a mushroom you know what I mean like I get it it would be like really interesting if it was real but to like go to these lengths it seems strange well I feel like if you can just have an orgasm without doing anything at all besides smelling something that seems you know it's the lazy way out I guess that's true I mean I guess if I could have an orgasm right now from just smelling let's say the roasted peppers that I have in the oven (laughs) um I would and I am 
because I love peppers that much. (laughs) (laughs) I really like peppers. Like I like them more than a friend. Um, Okay. In the original study, Holiday and Sewell performed a smell test on an unnamed, uh, I'm sorry, this is actually how it's spelled, Dick dictophora species of mushroom, a bright orange fungus with an unspecified number of male and female volunteers claiming that nearly half of the female test subjects experienced spontaneous orgasm while smelling this mushroom. Now, this leads me to my own personal question about this study. How did this originally get figured out? Someone was just walking around sniffing mushrooms and all of a sudden they started like uncontrollably coming. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Seems, seems suspect. Or maybe an animal was doing it. And they yeah. notice. They're like, look at that fucking puffin over there. Can't stop coming. <laughs> what is his secret? What? Look at that coming puffin. <laughs> Puffins don't live in Hawaii, though. What is a Hawaiian animal? Like uh, an iguana? Flamingo? Uh-huh. Yep. A flamingo and an iguana walk into a <laughs> volcano. <laughs> and they start coming and coming. Okay. Um, in parts of the paper, it seems to suggest the fungus is found in the woods. There's an ancient legend in the Hawaiian Islands of a mushroom with very peculiar properties. This legend tells of women who encounter this mushroom in a forest and go into fits of sexual ecstasy. Another hidden factoid regarding that paper, um, confessed to the woman of this article that I was telling you about on discovery.com, um, discussed to me, and this is in quotations, by Holiday was that the research was funded by a local pharmaceutical company that hoped to market and discover uh, the discovered aphrodisiacs. Um, so basically this was like, he was paid by a pharmaceutical company to say that these or, you know mushrooms gave people orgasms so they could just make money off of regular old mushrooms. Non-orgasmic mushrooms. Got so it. So it's a scam. It's a, it's a scam. Um, so anyway... The woman, this woman like goes out and she says, quote, there I was standing there means she like raises all this money to go to Hawaii. Like, I don't think this like magazine had any money and definitely didn't pay her. So she's like, I want to come so bad that I'm going to fucking like raise like thousands of dollars. I'm going to Hawaii. She says, quote, there I was. People can't have orgasms even with a vibrator. So maybe that's her deal. That's very true. And that's a very good point, actually, to point out. Um. There I was, standing on the remains of an old lava flow, staring at the mushroom that one man claimed could make me orgasm by smell alone. I bent down, pressing my hands in the soft mulch on either side of the fungus and let the air out of my lungs. Then I pushed my face into its orange stalk and breathed in as deeply as I could. So that's kind of where she starts. Now, I also want to mention that this is the longest story and when I was talking about like a long, like if you mentioned like long form essays, this is the longest. I was like, when will this end? It is so boring. I couldn't handle it. It was so boring. Oh my goodness. You know, so, you don't have to read the whole article. You can skim it. That's well, I, I didn't because if I had read the whole article, I would have been awake until like eight o'clock this morning. <laughs> I'm telling you, I would have needed like some kind of assistance. I would have needed like, uh, I don't know, a five hour energy, which I've never taken because I'm afraid it will give me a heart attack. But anyway, so this is too long. Don't read it. Um, Basically, she like talks all about like this guy, John Holiday. I don't know what happened to the other guy. He basically is out of the whole like mushroom orgasm market. Um, But he is basically saying that like 
it was kind of a scam also. He says, according to Holiday, he also is under strict confidentiality agreement and therefore cannot discuss the study conducted in any way. He also implied that the research has continued since 2001 and that the pharmaceutical company he was working for, which he wouldn't name but said is one of the big ones, was near to making a discovery. Quote from from Holiday, if I was to say something like we are about to release a blockbuster drug and you go buy stock in this company, you and I would both be guilty of insider trading. And this is how Martha Stewart went to jail. That is how she went to jail. But what year was this article written? 2015. So I don't think it's going to happen for us. I don't think so either. Well, we'll find (laughs) out at the end what happens to this woman. Um, So anyway, the guy says that the mushroom link disappears in the morning. Um that he had first heard of the mushroom while he was working in Hawaii before his mushroom selling business, Aloha Medicinals, had gotten off the ground. Wait, the mushroom disappears in the morning? Where does it go? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it, be- it just shrivels up, like, you know, like a penis when it, it goes into cold water. It blooms in the nighttime and then it's dead? Well, then it, I think, might come back to life. What? I don't know. I, I, they probably explain it somewhere in the article, which, um, <laughs> like I said, was too boring to read. <laughs> Um, okay. So anyway, one day, I guess he found out about this. He says one day he needed an x-ray and ended up going, uh, into the x-ray place and chatting with some x-ray technician who was from Hawaii. And she like tells him all about, um, how she used to go up to this Island with her mom, which sounded really freaky to me. Like why you would go with your mom of all people to go like get, have an orgasm, but whatever, to each his own or her own. Um, their own. So anyway, she goes up, this woman, Christy, she goes up to find the mushroom for herself. (laughs) She goes with a friend named Jake. And so they're walking and walking. All of a sudden Jake goes, did you smell that? And she goes, smell what? And Jake goes, there's a lingering smell of jizz moving his head up and sniffing in an attempt to locate the source. Then he stopped briefly Pulled his shirt to his nose and sniffed. It's definitely not me. His shirt? Yeah, I guess he thought maybe it could have just been the jizz that was on his shirt that he was smelling. But it wasn't. It was jizz in the air. Why was there jizz on his shirt? Well, I guess he jizzed on his shirt. I guess he wiped it off. I don't really know what happens. Well, Um, we don't know Jake that well. Are Jake and her, like, together? You know what? Unclear. But (laughs) (laughs) after this... They might have gotten together. It okay, sounds like I did this was say a bonding earlier that experience. You should just skim this, but you should read a little bit more. I'm telling you, it was too long. <laughs> this I already I not even kidding. I spent like two and a half hours reading it. I was oh up God. until like 1 a.m. and I like missed a lot of it. <laughs> so she goes, My jaw dropped. I hadn't yet mentioned to Jake that Holiday had specifically described the mushroom scent. And I guess he described it as smelling like jizz. To him, and presumably other males, he told me the, functu- the fungus smelled like semen. We must be close. Okay. Then they found one. It's and weird that they, okay, I find it a little bit annoying that they identified the smell as semen and that's what gives women an orgasm because. I know, it's rude. Very heteronormative and whatever. It's super heteronormative. It's obnoxious. It's annoying. It's patriarchal. The whole thing is irritating. <laughs> it's capitalistic. It's fucking capitalism. It's neoliberalism, literally, at its worst. <laughs> Can we all agree? This is a scheme thought up by Andrew Cuomo and Joe Biden mm-hmm. and Bill Clinton. 
Definitely Bill Clinton. I'm <laughs> sure he has something. <laughs> and what she discovered is when she kneeled down to smell the mushroom, it was really just Bill Clinton's shriveled orange dick. Hmm. Um, the end. Just kidding. So anyway, they find a mushroom. She, then she says, then I pushed my face next to its orange stalk and breathed in as deeply as I could. That's where she kind of began the story. We're back at the beginning. My psychological reaction was immediate and strong. In less than a heartbeat, I was on my feet, staggering backwards and gagging. Are you okay, Jake asked, concerned as he rushed to my side. The taste was in my mouth. It was in my throat. This disgusting, foul rottenness. There are no words that adequately describe the vile stench. Tears formed in my eyes. I nearly vomited. Though I had read about how bad stinkhorns smell, I really wasn't expecting something that dot, 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 awful. It was hands down the worst smell I had ever violated my nostrils. She put her whole face in there. I know. This woman, I don't know, Christine. I swear it was worse than the rotten Slimer manatee carcass I helped dissect as an intern in marine mammal forensics labs. Worse than the combination of algal toxins and dead fish that comprised the air off Casey Key during a massive red tide event. What did it smell like exactly? I guess if I had to put a name to the odor, the closest I can come up with is semen. (laughs) But this was not healthy biological fluid from a fresh fresh male donor. Ew. More like fermented decomposing semen or diseased fetid semen. Maybe what semen from a zombie would smell like. Ew. Yes, that's it. It smelled like zombie spooge. And that's how she ended this fucking 30,000 word essay with did the word she have an scene. orgasm Mm-mm. no she didn't she did not no and this woman is a paid journalist and i am not exactly well if you're willing to go the lengths to the ends of the earth smelling mushrooms trying to come you too could be a paid journalist and we're not sure that she got paid for this yeah she had also. to pay for her own ticket to hawaii which is very expensive Exactly. So anyway, that's the story. I don't know. Is it good? Who's to say? It's better than the history of Chicken Marsala, which is basically as boring as (laughs) anything could ever be. (laughs) The history of Chicken Marsala, they're like, you put some Marsala in with some mushrooms, and then all of a sudden, we had Chicken Marsala. And I was like, what am I going to do? I was like, should we switch the topic? Maybe we should have, because I couldn't find anything good either, even though Magic Mushroom seems as though there would be lots of fun excitement. It can be. And then sometimes they can be terribly scary, but let's take a quick break around and then we'll get to that. My name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Okay. Well, you guessed it. We're back. And I just overheard you and Armin saying that you like doing this podcast during the day. And I could not disagree with you more. I don't like it. I don't feel on. I feel (laughs) like my jokes are falling very flat. And you know what? It's because I'm a night owl. Well, I have COVID. That's probably why I'm not laughing at your jokes. But I... They're not funny. That's probably why. You don't have your evenings booked up with work. So they're not precious to you. But my evenings are precious to me. I only Mm. have two or maybe three per week that I have in the evenings free. And so I like to have an afternoon where we record so I don't have to have an evening that I can't do anything because of the podcast, you know? Well, you don't think that this podcast is more fun than like going on, I don't know, dates or whatever else you like to do, drag racing? 
<laughs> Your drag racing habit. Competitive pork tenderloin eating. Everybody knows that I like to get a pork tenderloin and drag race the night away. And I can't be bogged down doing this stupid podcast yeah, that only I one person do, listens to. I do drag race my compact SUV. It's very, very fun. And I, I haven't won yet, but I'm going to. That's amazing. Everybody um, knows you like to go mailboxing. What is that? Where you hit them with baseball bats? Yeah, you just hit people's mailboxes off. If I found out that was your hobby, I would like you so much more. That is so funny. That's hard to do when you're driving the car, though. <laughs> well, that's why you have to practice so much on your free nights off. <laughs> I just practice by not driving around. I'm just walking around with a baseball bat. <laughs> One day you'll do it with driving. Oh, yeah. Oh, that reminds me that um, the other night my power shut off on my entire block and all the way down to where my friend lives, who was like 10 blocks away because a person casually drove into a light pole and knocked the power out for many, many blocks. Oh no. Was the person, are they still living? Yeah, they're fine. Um, but the power company took six hours to get the power back on. So I basically like fell asleep in a sweltering hot room and then was jolted awake when all my power came back on at like one in the morning. <laughs> oh my good. Oh my Atlanta. I can't believe that happened to you. I'm so oh my sorry. God, it was so terrible. I was uh, listening to this podcast that I hate listen to, which I don't want to mention the name of, but I think I've told you what it is. And it's like this true crime podcast, but I am addicted to it, even though I cannot stand <laughs> I those. I thought you stopped listening to I it. I can't. It's just, I don't know why. I just like put it on. And it's kind of soothing, but they are just like, they're like pro prison. They are just, but not even intentionally. They're just so like not informed. It's outdated. Yeah. They just really don't get it. And so they were like talking about, they're like, I think there's like a storm headed towards us. They're like somewhere in the Northeast. They're like, but we like never get hurricanes up here. But like, um, I think it's kind of like cool and fun when the power goes out. And I was like, Oh yeah. Unless you're like in an area that no one gives a shit about you and they leave your power off for like a month and then yeah, like it <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You can't afford to buy more food because your refrigerator got shut off for many weeks at a time. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's so fun. <laughs> Is it the one with the sisters from Boston uh-huh. or whatever? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. 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 Okay. Sure. 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 Okay. <laughs> what do we got? Well, here we go. I have a very brief history of psychedelic mushrooms. Um, they're, I'm on them right now. I took some in preparation for the show. Me too. Well, my mushrooms are just, I'm probably filled with the virus, the Delta variant. Um, <laughs> so there is some belief by some people who are scientists, but I don't know how much weight to put into this, um, that the reason why apes sort of, you know, like the missing link essentially is... Um, you know, not that obelisk from 2001, but the, they ate mushrooms and then essentially that enabled them to develop a consciousness. Um, really? Yeah. It's, it's compelling and interesting, but, uh, there's not a lot of like ton of science to back it up, obviously. So who knows? It's something to think about. It's something to talk about. Um, Let's give them something to talk about. How about mushrooms? Here's what we do know. Basically, they, we, as conscious developed humans, have been using mushrooms for therapeutic tribal ceremonies for probably thousands of years, probably since the dawn of time um, <clears throat> or the dawn of our consciousness. Who knows? Mm. Um, but there is evidence that 
Mesoamericans were using them in uh, ceremonies. There is evidence uh, of Siberian indigenous tribes who drink the hallucinogenic urine of reindeer that ate uh, hallucinogenic mushrooms. Uh, 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 <laughs> that's commitment. I mean, also, I guess it's easier than going to the source if you have to like walk, you know, out on the tundra risking your life. Might as well yeah. just get that warm reindeer pee. Yeah, it's interesting though. It's the same question though. How did they figure it out? Like, how did they figure out that they can drink? First of all, how did they know that the reindeer even were on mushrooms? That's a great question. Probably similarly, how do they knew the puffins were on mushrooms? Well, I guess they're probably hunting the reindeer. So they probably at some point are like observing them eating these toadstools or whatever. Right. Don't um, say they, toad to me. You know, they what actually I feel about are. Toadstools, the ones that these people in Siberia that the deer are eating are those, like, the ones that you see in the Maya Brothers, like the red and white ones. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What's interesting about those is that their hallucinogenic effects are different from psilocybin, which is the majority of what we probably ingest here in America. Right. Um, and that it's extremely disassociative. So <laughs> I don't know what happens when they take the reindeer pee and drink it, but it sounds to me like doing a bunch of ketamine. Whoa. I, which I don't like. I have never been a fan of K. I've only done it like once or twice when I was in high school, but I don't understand that as a drug. I don't know why people do that. I, I've never done it before, but you know, the kids are into it these days. Um, it's fine with me. Um, and there's ancient Greek people wrote about some harvest ceremonies that they would do. They were super secret. They were like celebrating Demeter and the change of the seasons. Um, and theoretically you know maybe sacrificing somebody nobody knows they were they were like kept secret so we don't really know what was going on there but um i read there's this really good like horror novel from the 70s called harvest home Ooh, spooky it's written by this guy who was like an actor and he turned into a novelist and actually had some success but he the story is basically the premise is this this family moves from new york city to this like small 70s New England town because the real estate's so much more affordable and they like you know become a part of the small town and then eventually what you find out is that the small town is still participating in these like ancient rituals with sacrifice and stuff it's pretty great though check it out people I will um, it kind of reminds me of Midsommar yes there are a lot of similarities this was written in the 70s and there's a movie made from it which is very bad but karen black isn't it so it's kind of cool oh that's fun love karen black um so yeah ancient greeks murdering people for the gods while on mushrooms it seems fine um <laughs> and then fast forward to well not fast forward so basically in the 50s this scientist was like in search of the magic mushroom and that's the first time that that phrase had been used and he basically was like talking about he wrote a whole book just about going down to South America and taking these mushrooms. And it really got the attention of these other scientists, including Timothy Leary, who was at Harvard at the time, being nerd. a Harvard professor. <laughs> Fucking um, nerd. So he was like, oh, I'm so into this. And so, you know, famously, he went down and took some. He formed the Harvard Psilocybin Society. Um <clears throat> And the rest is kind of history in terms of then a bunch of celebrities started doing it. And then it basically swept counterculture. And that's kind of the reason that we have mushrooms now is because it just became insanely popular during the 60s when it was still legal. 
So it, mushrooms were not illegal until the 1970s, um, which is kind of crazy to me. Like they, the, the Harvard Psilocybin Society, they were just dropping mushrooms or whatever and studying it at Harvard. I don't think that anything, it really just like perturbs me to know that like, and I understand that there are some folks who like have incredible pain. Like my dad used to be on Oxy and stuff, but it's in, in very interesting to me that like Oxycontin is legal and mushrooms are illegal. You yeah. know what I mean? Like a natural thing. How do you like illegalize a mushroom that just like grows in the earth? Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's well, very I they, weird. I think they made them legal in Michigan recently. Um, it's like the, if you really think like wrap your brain around that and even like weed being illegal, like it's very weird to like illegalize a substance that's like a natural plant. Or Yeah, it's crazy. It. My friend who has extremely bad anxiety disorder, she, we, like weed actually really helps her and she can't smoke it because she works for a Subaru and they, they like randomly periodically test everyone at the entire plant. Subaru of all the cars, like the most... <laughs> popular car for weed smoking people is illegal to you know doesn't that seem strange yeah and she was saying that even if it becomes federally legal nationwide here to do pot it will still not be legal at her company because it's japanese owned company well fucking boycott subaru yo that's like a great reason to boycott i mean Um, my i have a friend of the family who has suffered with like very severe depression through his life and has recently started doing like drug therapy and a lot of it is like mushrooms and like an ecstasy and stuff or or uh, molly but like mushrooms are great for depression and um even like last summer like when I was going through a tough period my friend um gave me she's like an herbalist and she gave me like um like microdoses of mushrooms to take and I felt so much better it really helped yeah it can help um also ketamine is used a lot of times to treat um depression that hasn't been treatable by other drugs yeah he's doing to this man is is messing around ketamine too and he says it's really working um so yeah it's crazy out there but now my friend because her anxiety medication was making her go insane has switched to vitamin b12 shots and it's really helping her which i think really really, yeah there's a lot of evidence that if you're deficient in b vitamins that your anxiety is going to be way worse huh that's so fascinating that's really good to know i actually take b12 every day in pill form And I actually don't feel super anxious anymore. I was never like super, super anxious. Although I did wake up this morning. You know what I'm like? I wake up every morning in a panic. Yeah, me too. Um, So yeah, basically counterculture took over. We have the mushrooms that we have now. Interestingly, they banned the the psilocybin molecule, um, but the spores are legal because they don't actually contain psilocybin. And my... Boyfriend in college grew mushrooms in his apartment. Yeah. A lot of them would spoil, like, because you have to keep them in really specific growing conditions, and he just had them in his fucking closet. Um, But we definitely ate some and definitely tripped on them. So you can grow them in your own house, everyone. Yeah, I love mushrooms. I think they're the most fun. Like, I've almost always had a good time on them. The one time I had a bad trip was really the last time I, like, fully, fully tripped on mushrooms, um, and it was like so long ago, it was like 2008 or something, maybe even before 2007. Cause I was like tripping with this like gal who was a, a real like bad person and she just gave me a bad trip. 
But I love them. I've done them so like when I was in high school, I used to do them all the time. I had a boyfriend, my my high school slash early college boyfriend, um, worked at a pizza shop and he like also was selling them. And so he, I remember like they took all the shake from like the bottom of a pound of mushrooms and like put it in the pizza sauce at the restaurant and oh just my like God. served it to people. That's like really terrible. Yeah, but there probably wasn't that much. It probably wasn't. Like, it would surely was not enough for anyone to go into, like, a full trip. And as we know, small doses of, like, you know, of psilocybin just makes you happy and giddy. Yeah. So it's not and a big deal, why, but it's still yeah, fucked up. The last time I did mushrooms um, last month with my friends was just a very, very small amount because I didn't really want to trip balls and I probably never will do that again <laughs> it's fun to just do a little bit I did a little bit in Palm Springs I think I mentioned this on the show when I was mm-hmm. with our friend Dan and we were just like floating around in a pool it was like 120 degrees out and they had mushrooms and I did a little bit and I was like we were just like laughing so much yeah. but like no severe like no really intense visuals or anything no yeah but then when I was peaking I decided to make us lunch and I cut up an avocado oh, and right. like, yeah, and they were like eating the salad and they're like, what is this like kind of rough part in here? And I had like left the skin on the avocado <laughs> and cut it off the skin on. It would happen to anyone though. Yeah. Um, so that's really all I have about the history of mushrooms. Obviously, I didn't go into any great detail. <clears throat> You're going to have to do some studying on your own. I actually looked up Timothy Leary to see if there's any hilarious stories about him. There aren't. He's pretty boring. Uh, I mean, he's not boring. He's fascinating. But there wasn't a lot of humor to pluck out of there. Um, I know. At one point, he went to West Point, which is not that interesting. Um, So Uh. I decided then to look up stories of bad trips. And I found this one. Oh, yeah. Pretty funny. Say it. Say it. Vice (laughs) Magazine. I'm about to. Say it. (laughs) You know, people don't like it when people talk over each other on podcasts. Say it. (laughs) Say it. Stop. Say it. Go into nighttime mode. (laughs) Okay, so I'm kind of going to read this guy's story almost verbatim because it's really funny. And he calls himself I, and it's just better if I just read it. So he's saying that he's in Laos, and he's basically in this area where backpackers go to do drugs. And there's a strip of restaurants where if you say the secret phrase... I want to do drugs. They bring you a, a menu of illegal substances like cocaine, hash, and bags of heroin. <laughs> Whoa. Chill, Alice. Um, so they decided to just order a mushroom pizza, which seemed like the, you know, the most chill offering. Um, and, but he was like, I basically took the plan of eating a slice and then nothing was happening. So I ate another slice until reality Uh-oh. started to melt away. So he basically just ate like half of a mushroom pizza before reality started to slip away from him. And he was like, we, or he was like, I ate a lot of slices. And suddenly I was like, we have to go outside. And then he immediately lost touch with reality. He thought he was back home in Vancouver. He couldn't understand while there was a half man, half chicken outside, which was a real thing. But he was like, (laughs) that thing was really out there, but it seems like a bad idea to have this half man, half chicken outside of a place that sells mushrooms. (laughs) Um, so eventually they get, they get him back to the house. This is a, well, they're staying in a hut in Laos or whatever. Um, and he, he said, for the rest of the trip, I spent the entire time screaming at the top of my lungs <laughs> my for God. Like four hours. And basically he was like, what happened was, is I, um, I didn't, I didn't think there was a difference between being alive and being dead. 
and I thought I was in hell. And so basically I would, I would probably fall asleep, but he couldn't tell the difference between being asleep and being awake. Um, and so he thought that hell was, um, being dead, realizing you're dead, forgetting you're dead, and then realizing you're dead all over again. And so basically what would happen is he would eventually fall asleep. Um, and then he would wake up and start screaming at the top of his lungs again. <laughs> and the woman he was with just kept looking at him and rolling her eyes and being like, I thought we were done with this part. <laughs> Maybe he like accidentally like sprinkled cocaine on the pizza instead no. of Parmesan cheese. <laughs> no, he definitely just like totally, you know, they call it the ego death or whatever. Um, but so... Yeah. He <laughs> was like this for 12 hours. So for oh, the next, my God. I mean, that's how long a trip usually lasts, um, or at least an acid trip. But um, An acid trip, a mushroom trip. Like, if you don't eat a lot, it can be over in, like, three, four hours. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, I just think it's funny that his partner, whoever was with him, just had to, like, sit in this hut and wake up every couple hours when he woke uh, up screaming. <laughs> unbelievable. That's when you have to, that's the one and only time it's okay to call the police on somebody. Oh, man. Well, maybe not in Laos. I don't know what goes on. I know. But, I'm um, just kidding. Never call the police. So, and then this other story is this guy was like, I took a bunch of mushrooms with my friend. We'd never taken this much before. And it was snowing. And so we spent, like, hours creating this like beautiful work of art like with our shoes in the snow <laughs> in the quad um, and he was like we spent so much time on it and it, we, I thought it was like the most amazing thing that we had ever done it felt very like powerful and the next morning someone sent him a picture and they had just written the word poo in like giant letters in the <laughs> snow with their <laughs> <shoe>. <laughs> <laughs> And that reminds me of a trip that I had one time. It was not on mushrooms, it was on acid, but I was watching the movie CB4, which is... Oh, great movie. Not a good movie. Um, I think it's great. I love that movie. It's, it's not. It's not good. Um, unless you're on a ton of acid, and I was, like, watching it, and I was like, oh, my God, this movie is so great. So many... They're, like, saying so many subtle things. Like, I was like, this movie is brilliant. It's one of the greatest films of all time. <laughs> okay, relax. Um, and I was like, I couldn't believe how amazing it was. And then I saw it again later when I was not on acid, and I was like, this is not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, man. everyone has, everything seems more extreme. I remember we were tripping on mushrooms one time when I was in high school down at like Crab Meadow Beach, which is this like little beach in my hometown. And there's like an inlet that separates like two sides of the beach and sometimes, and like, it's not very big, like, especially at low tide, you can like walk across it. But we tried to like make like a huge raft because we're like, there's no way we like wanted to go to the other side that we were like, there's no way we're ever going to get to the other side of this if we don't build a raft. And we had no raft-making supplies <laughs> at all. There was like, just, like, horseshoe crab shells and sticks. And we spent the whole trip trying to make this raft. And then, like, again, the next day going back and being like, oh, we could have, like, just walked across there. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, we collected, like, every horseshoe crab shell on the entire beach. No, I don't like those at like all. Like a bunch I would of never, witches. never get on a raft made out of those. They're too sharp. They are very spiky and sharp. Um, well, that was a very interesting story. I am very pro psychedelic mushroom. I think they're great. They're a lot of fun. They're not as scary as like acid. I think they're, I don't know that I'd ever do acid again, but I would definitely do magical mushrooms. Same. Right now. <laughs> what are your three favorite mushroom foods? Um, I like mushroom toast. Yeah. Like a morel toast. Yeah. Delicious. 
I love cream of mushroom soup. Oh, wow. You know what? I looked up the history of that. Not very interesting. I was like, <laughs> now I've got it. Eureka. I'll do the history of cream of mushroom soup and the green bean casserole. And I was like, this is boring. It's like an old lady made it up. It's like no mm-hmm. big deal. Yeah. Um, and we already did green bean casserole, I think, on a different episode. I know. I remember you talking about green bean casserole. Um, but I like it from a can, but also, you know, prepared by hand. Sure. Um, stirred by hand with some Stirred hand. by hand. And then I like, I don't know. I, you know, I came to mushrooms late in the game. So uh-huh. I didn't start eating them until I was a grown-ass adult, like probably in my 30s even. Uh-huh. Welcome. Um, I do like... Um, mushroom burgers. Not really. I'm not really a fan of the portobello no. scene. Um, Nobody is. After the year 1998, like, we just, yeah. there aren't even, you can't even find a portobello anywhere. But you, using illegal. mushrooms in pieces to make a burger is pretty good. And I also like vegan mushroom gravy. Very good. Um, okay. I love uh, the, as I mentioned, the world's most boring historical dish, yet very tasty, chicken marsala. I love it. A little bit of delicious sautéed mushrooms, some demi-gloss, maybe a little stock. I put rosemary in mine. Um, And of course, dry marsala wine and butter. Um, Or veal marsala, also very delicious. I like a stuffed mushroom. Oh, yeah. I love it. You take the mushroom stand, a little breadcrumb, whatever other shit you have in your fridge, make a stuffed mushroom. I think that that is very delicious. Um, I also like a morel toast very much, but you've already taken that one. And I just really like love um, just like sauteed mushrooms with just thyme and garlic. Mm -hmm. Like really good mushrooms, like chanterelles, of course, delicious. Um, Chanterelles with just butter and, and olive oil and garlic and thyme. Yeah. So that might be my favorite mushroom thing. Um, <clears throat> speaking of mushrooms, on a slightly related note, is there's a new Nicolas Cage movie out called Pig. Love Have you it. heard about this? I saw it. Did you, you saw seen it? it? Uh, did we talk about it last week? I don't know, but I thought it was excellent. I've heard it's really, really good. It's very good. It's one of the only movies about cooking that I have ever truly enjoyed. It's great. And somebody told me that it was beautiful. It is. It's fantastic. It's a wonderful movie. It's okay, very, well, very good. I'll definitely check that out. Um, I think that Nicolas Cage has one of the most interesting careers right now of anyone out there, really. He, I don't, did you see Mandy when it came out? Yeah, I love Mandy. Mandy's yeah. great. And you did not see the one where he kills all the animatronic monsters. No, I haven't yet watched that, but I do have a very funny Nicolas Cage story, which I'm going to tell you off air, which is hilarious. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Well, this has been an awkward episode, but we got through it. <laughs> we made it through. I have COVID. Armin has COVID. It's the daytime. It's a miracle that we made so it through. So sorry about you guys. I hope that you're okay. And um, all right. Well, hasta la mushroom pasta, and we'll see you next week at nighttime. At night, when the mushrooms grow. <laughs> okay, bye. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. 
Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.